Hey everyone, E and Livy here. What's up? And we're here to talk about the sponsor for this week's episode. This week's sponsor is Monster Care Squad Legends of Aldenura, a Ghibli inspired tabletop adventure of healing monsters and solving local problems. Uh, yeah, it's a really great game. You play as monster care specialists who are elite vets and you're equipped with knowledge to heal any wound. You travel around, going from town to town, finding monsters that are infected, and basically you heal them and make them all better. Yep. It's set in a whole new world made by the amazing crew behind Sandy Pug Games, and oh my god, I know this is an audio medium, but this game's art. Oh, 5,000 infinity out of 10. Everything looks amazing and fantastic. I just want to look at it all day. Uh, This would normally be the part where we tell you to support the project on Kickstarter because we really want to see it happen. But um, about that. (laughs) Yeah. Within the Uh. first day of Monster Care Squad going up on Kickstarter, it was fully pledged. It has now been about a week. And it is $32,584 out of a $7,500 goal. Holy it still has 21 days to go as the, the time of recording this, so you can still go ahead and back it. Backing it will get you a PDF, it'll get you an art book of all this amazing work by, um, yes, their artist Leafy, Leafy Draws. You'll get a 10-track OST, which is amazing, made by the incredibly talented Helen Tober, Kira Magran, is going to be making a introductory adventure to get you more equipped for the world. You could even spend a little bit more and get a print run, full on book instead of a PDF. There's going to be a solo mode, and the money you'll be providing will go into the Aldemora Historical Society grant, which is the grant is giving smaller creators money and resources to create fan work in the world of Aldemora. Yeah, I... they're basically paying you to make art. Or other projects. can state on record, we have been talking with the folks behind Sandy Pug Games, and safe to say sometime soon we might be getting a chance to dip our toes into this world, which is really exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to see if we can play it. Um... <clears throat> I know Heather's been yelling at me since the day we found out about Monster Care Squad that she's desperate to run this. <laughs> and we will gladly let her. Oh, for sure. Um, not much else we have to say. Back it, because it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, just do it because it's cool. love reactions to that to that yeah, monster. I, I physically winced. I physically <laughs> winced. It's
you get used to it. No, you don't. You really don't. Now <laughs> recording. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the ninth episode of 3DMs in a Tavern, where we slowly lose our sanity at our dear, dear bots. We have a very special guest today. Why don't you introduce yourself, Ren? Hello, my name is Ren Halen and Triner. I am the DM of another podcast called Here There Be, and I'm very excited to be here talking with you. Yeah, they're the you're running a really cool show, and I have been pretty avidly listening. So I was really excited to hear that you were going to be on. So um, we also have licensed by our usual our usual suspects. So and we're just gonna answer some questions from the D and D server, from our server, and the Here There Be server. Wow, I, it's early for me, which <laughs> shouldn't what be. What do you early. mean? It's it one p.m. <laughs> we're on quarantine. It's early for me. <laughs> I, you don't get fair. to talk, B. I do not get. You're to two talk. hours ahead of me. You don't. Get to yeah, talk. Lance is on Pacific time. He's the earliest out of all of us. Yep. <clears throat> okay. So, starting off with the questions, we still have a, some left over from our live show, so I think we should kind of start plucking away at those and then answering some questions from Here There Be server. Ooh, um, yeah. So, let's see. I'm just going to go at random, because why not? Uh, the Silver Desk asks, um, what is the best thing you've used? Oh, I think we did answer this one. We did answer the world building one. How do we get them involved? We, we did. did. We Nick. answered that with yeah. Nick. Yep. Okay. Livy asks, being a DM, what is one of your favorite moments when the roles were switched and you became a player? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting I... question. Yeah, I've been, I've, uh, I've been playing D&D for a bit over three years now, and for the majority of that time, I've always, always been the DM. I've been a player a few times, but uh, I only got to be in, I only got to be in one uh, shorter campaign, which a friend uh, DM'd, who I normally DM for. Uh, the, the campaign itself actually uh, took place in the same world that all, all, all my other campaigns have taken place in, so it was, it was really fun to like hand the reins over to him for a bit and then like play as a, a character in this world that I originally created it was that is really cool yeah yeah um it was it was like the the campaign was set on this small island so it was very removed from anywhere else we'd we'd um explored in this world before but it was a wild campaign man there was a there was a twist at the end which it was yeah no um so that was that was that was very special that campaign i love that campaign like i love what he did with my backstory and ah uh, yeah yeah i love that campaign i love thinking about it oh that's the best shit is when when the dms go all in for character backstories oh yeah it's kind of like with the, his first D character i went i went wild with his character backstory, so he was kind of like returning the favor with mine. Um, there's a whole thing of like amnesia and people forgetting memories and and people and stuff like that. So it was kind of payback in a way. He was taking revenge on me, but also I loved it. <laughs> yes. 
that that is how it works <laughs> yeah. oh god oh god i just got a rush of primal fear my dad texted me a tiktok i'm afraid <laughs> i'm afraid i'll open it later but just that is almost as bad as the time he texted me out of nowhere hello with five exclamation points oh my god good lord i'm unleashed a monster anyways <laughs> that that sounds like so much fun that really does yeah, it was indeed there's that moment when you realize that one day you will no longer be the dm and your players will become the dm and you regret every bad decision you made against them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean campaign two? <laughs> uh, Libby's incessant bullying of Halloway? Yeah. I, I regret some of my choices. <laughs> oh, God. I guess that's my... As answer. you should! Yeah, I do regret some of the choices I did to Sari because... Oops, I forgot she was in charge this time around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. um, No, but that sounds awesome. I'm really happy that... I mean, uh, the idea of being a player in your own world is so appealing. <laughs> See, I, I love the idea of being a player in my own world. However, I am obsessive about my world building and the amount of like you'd need to take an entire degree's worth of courses to un have the understanding required to dm a game in my world so i'm i'm relegated to the forever dm position by my own hubris pretty much <laughs> it's the same it's the same here really the amount of um the amount of time and and i've put into world building is it's a lot and so there's certain, I'm very, I'm quite protective over a lot of what I've created. So mood, like my, my friend who DM this campaign, I'm, he, I'm sure he is going to DM again for this world. And like, there are many things which I'm like, you do not touch this. Like you do not touch this God. You do not touch this location. <laughs> they are mine. I'm sorry, but the cadence and tone with which you said he's going to DM again made me like, think you were talking about a serial killer he's going to kill again <laughs> we need to stop him before he dms again i mean with the way his campaign turned out yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, it was it was good you know it all turned out well in the end it was a little bit of bittersweet but happy ending mostly <laughs> mostly mostly, mostly. Oh, he did kill my granddad which i was mad about but aside from that Aww. it was okay <laughs> okay thank you Livy for this amazing icebreaker question <laughs> let's see uh, jumping over to one of the questions from the Here There Be server uh, they ask what was it like DMing for the first time oh bad <laughs> isn't that bad. always I mean I, so, like I said, I was always, I've, I've been the DM most of the time I've been playing D&D, &D, and I did start out as the DM, and I didn't even know what AC was in the first session. Like, I, I didn't know what I was doing mechanically. Good lord, I, I don't want to think about it. But, like, we, did, we had a lot of fun, and the story was good. You know, even if I didn't have the rules down just yet, it, it, we, it was great. It was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, that's fair. You know, even if you're 
even if you fuck up, you know, it's as long as it's a fun fuck up, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah. It was quite yeah. funny because I, I think I, because I knew, you know, I'd watched like Critical Role before, so I, I knew their basics and I knew they had to roll dice. So I was like, so they started fighting some goblins and I'm like, okay, roll for that, roll to hit. And then they roll and I'm like, what does that mean? What are they rolling against? <laughs> 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 so okay. I kind of just made some stuff up on the spot. Players didn't really notice anything, so it was all fine. <laughs> <laughs> No, that means you succeeded. The secret to DMing is just you gotta make it all up. It's yes and. Yeah. That's that's all it is. <clears throat> yeah, my my first experience DMing was actually I rolled to drink it. Um, that was that was the the session I ran the test session for two of my players for the escape artists, and the first thing that I had to deal with was I rolled to drink it. <laughs> actually no the first thing that i the first shit that i had to deal with for my players was them obsessing over the moss you cannot smoke the moss it's just moss <laughs> if a man has no moss then he is lost but the same man can be lost in the moss <laughs> oh my and God. then i roll to drink it <sighs> drink the moss Drink the the tomb water, the thousand year old oh. tomb water. Oh, nah. yeah. oh. Just oh, as that's bad. a bad choice. That's no. <laughs> he got a nat twenty. <laughs> All right. The um for the very first role in our campaign um was a natural one, and it hey, was that's a it good was omen. the wizard. It was the wizard rolling to help the the druid take um a, a stick out of her hair that had got stuck in there with, with honey. Yeah, and he rolled a natural one, so he ripped a chunk of her hair out. And oh. yeah, she's still got a bold spot now. <laughs> oh, man. My first DMing session was about what you'd expect. I, I had played as a player like three times before that, before I foolishly was like, I want a DM. And I didn't realize that was a contract, meaning you couldn't ever play as a player again. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, my first campaign had Fantasy Subway. Good. And it was just everywhere. And I got angry because the players derailed what I had written down, which was like a 20-page novel of what was going <laughs> to happen. And that's Well, there's your problem. Yeah, I know. That was my first time realizing that players will do whatever the hell they want and they don't care about the story line. So I got angry. And I'm like, what are you doing? That's not what you're supposed to do. And they're like, what? And I'm like, they don't line. care about it until you make them care. That's then what I don't plan much now. Yeah. <laughs> you, we learn. We learn as we grow. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I thought I've never DM'd a campaign that long before, and then I woke up in tears. <laughs> <laughs> yep, my story for my first time I DM'd. I I feel like I ran. So, this requires a tiny bit of context. My my buddy Graham was the person who got me into D anD D, and. He, him and his brother Jackson got me into D&D. You may remember Jackson as the person who ran Wild Cheap Chase when I, being a pompous little shit, ended up yes. playing that third man, sir, I don't care. 
thanks, Jackson, you put me in my place, and now I'm here. I credit it all to you. Anyway, um, <clears throat> when Graham wanted to start his own campaign, I made a bard named Lynn. Totally not because I was in my Hamilton phase. How dare you? Um, and as that campaign came winding down, Graham wanted me to start DMing. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. And almost as soon as I said that, the problem player started re rearing their head. Like, the second I shook Graham's hand, I was like, yes, I'm going to DM next. We, we started realizing one of our players was getting really problematic. Like, the second I did it. And I was like, god damn it. Why did I agree? Mm -hmm. um, it was a tiefling sorcerer who thought that charm person meant, well, I won't finish that sentence because I'm sure you can guess. Oh. Yeah, he was a high school football player, so ho, 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 you can imagine where we were. That's going. reassuring. Mm -hmm. So, Woof. after after some, uh... here's the thing, though. Our bear in mind, this was a whole group of people from the same school. We would go after school to play D and D. So the intrinsic pro, like I was telling Graham to kick the person out and Graham learned a lesson about sticking up for himself that day um but for a while he didn't because we all went to the same school and he didn't want to cause actual problems you know what I mean and mm. long story short I ended up DMing like two sessions problem player was still a problem I bailed and I had already worked out a whole campaign where the party was going to be taking on the forces of a shadow dragon and so then I was like I like this this aspects of these camp of this campaign, but I don't want to run it anymore because I feel like it's been tarnished. What if I made this the backstory for my next campaign? And now we have campaign one of the Frostwalkers. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm just thinking you said bring it up as real life problems in school, and that combined with the whole football player thing made me think of D <sighs> Hey, nerd, why'd you kick me out of your D&D &D game? Yeah, basically, that was what Graham was afraid of. <laughs> you think uh, he'd be... You think he'd be... He'd, he'd be shameless enough to actually admit that? Yes, I know the oh. person in question. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> I know All right, problem, carry on. I've known the problem player for, like, a few years. The answer to your query is yes. <laughs> So much yes that he'd do it in public and screaming. That kind of shameless. <clears throat> Woof! Okay. I take yeah. it back. Carry on. Anyway, um, let's see. Uh, God, do I have to... See, the thing is, I know what, what we call them, like, a shorthand, but I also know that I can read their screen name, but their screen name is so much... All right, let's just do it. Bite the bullet. Booberry, the whole dumbass, asks, "What's your go-to plan when a player comes to you? What's your go-to plan when a player comes to you with a homebrew item they want to use? So if they have found something off the D and D wiki, which I don't know why they're looking there for good homebrew, um, or or maybe the DM's guild where they might actually find something cool, <clears throat> use the DM's guild over the homebrew wiki. I am begging you at this point. Anyway, we, I um, refuse to allow Sans in my campaign. <laughs> we have done <dealt laughs> with the homebrew wiki for what five episodes? I think at five, least at least five episodes, and I can feel the life force being sucked out of me every time I log onto that. 
appetite for this segment. So, <laughs> but, but in a hypothetical where your player comes to you and says, hey, I saw this item in a place that it, it's not broken. Let's assume for the sake of Booberry's question that it is not a broken item. What is your go-to plan? Do you let them have it? Do you just go like, okay, and hide it in the world somewhere and let them earn it? Like, what's your go-to plan? I guess it depends Honestly, what it is. Yeah. Depending on what it is, I mean, most of the time, if, as long as it's not broken, like, I figure, why the hell not, right? Let them have fun. Like, my, hmm. my necromancer has a fucking fanny pack of holding. Because I thought that was one of the funniest things in the world is a bag of holding, but it's a fanny pack. Yeah, that's fucking... funny. That is funny. It's especially funny when you know what uh, fanny means over here in the UK. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm aware. <laughs> Good. <sighs> so, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I... the severity of the item. Like a bag, yeah. of, like, a, like a flavored bag of holding, I would just give. But if they're coming to me with, like, a raging, poison, flaming, poisoning sort of doom-level threat, then I'm going to mm. be like, let's, let, let's, like, put this away. <laughs> let, let, let's, put, let's put the thing down for a minute. You'll have, I, I promise you, you will have it. But not, not now. Just, 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 just trust me. As I, like, take the PDF and, like, hide it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where if they come to you with a homebrew, you know, Find a way to fit it in doesn't mean they get to have it. Could be an enemy has this giant flaming sword of doom, but <laughs> at least you incorporated Until, it into ooh, the true. you know campaign. And then they kill the enemy, and then they get it. And now, now there's some reward to it. <clears throat> yeah, so you gotta earn that that flaming sword of doom. Yeah, heck yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um. If it's a, like a super powerful item um, and it's really cool, like my my one of my players brought to me the Ring of Second Chances, um, which is it's a, a little wooden ring that basically if you die, you your players uh, can come back to life. Um, basically, yeah, it catches and encases the soul of a creature that dies wearing it, allows them to be resurrected by burning the ring. Um, which I thought was really cool and a nice like insurance policy slash safety net because my players are dumbasses and I know they're probably going to fuck up in some way. And I'm in, in terms of like campaign, I'm pretty story focused, which is odd because in generals in the general sense, I'm a very concept focused world builder, but I digress. I want my players to have fun and I want my, players characters to have happy endings so that's a nice like security net so i'm still working out exactly how but i definitely want to include these rings in the campaign in like a tangible way that way you know in case they fuck up they have a second chance yeah <clears throat> what about you ren have you had any experience with like homebrew items and just wild things like that not a lot actually my players don't typically come to me with homebrew stuff. There's been a couple, um, actually, rather than magical items, it's usually spells that that they Ooh. want to um, create. That's so, so cool, there is, Yeah, um, so there's a spell that uh, the, the wizard has in development at the moment um, that he's like, uh, you know, narratively, we're, we're putting in a thing where like he's, he's gonna, he's gonna, 
discover this this spell at some point and we're, we're still sort of ironing out the details but at some point that will come into it um the druid basically the druid's player wanted to do you, you know in narnia when oh um, you're speaking my when, language <laughs> <laughs> okay so so you know you know when the trees like send a message um from from the girls to the boys that aslan's dead spoilers and all that um and you see you see like the petals and you see the petals flowing through the wind and all that um basically yeah. the druid wanted to do that to send messages to people so what we came up with was basically sending but tweaked for a druid that's nice. really cool and also as someone who has watched that movie almost every christmas <laughs> i i very much appreciate that because that movie is a christmas tradition at my home <clears throat> So that's nice. Um, my gosh, that's so cool, though. And like, since I've been, and since I'm aware of who you're talking about, would you say the wizard and the druid? I'm like, oh my god, yes. <laughs> um. <clears throat> anyway, next question? Question mark. Actually, I think this kind of leads in well to the um the thing that I have pulled oh. up for absolutely horrible ideas. Oh, sweet. Um, let's go into that. Yeah, so this is absolutely an this is an absolutely horrible D and D idea that I must try out ASAP, and it is oddly specific curses that aren't even harmful, just annoying. Like uh, curses where on Tuesdays you can't say the word Tuesday. Oh yes, uh, I've said this one. Yes, uh, this is a, a a post thread started by Tumblr user Magic Act, um, and it's I love the idea of an oddly specific curse that isn't even harmful. Curse where on Tuesdays you can't say the word Tuesday. What day is it today? Second Monday. <laughs> and then here there are some Instagram comments here like uh, at 815 every day you gotta say, well, I'm gonna hit the hay. It's called the dad curse. Um, <laughs> you can't use more than one pillow to sleep on the day after you eat whole wheat bread. You can't type the letter M for three hours after drinking lemonade on Sunday between 12pm and 3pm in the summer. Every 10 what? years on April 3rd, you can't eat brownies. What? <laughs> this one is horrible. When you walk, instead of the sound of your shoes on the ground, it's the sound of scratching styrofoam. Dude, he said not harmful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that. Every third Wednesday in September, you can't eat more than one Oreo. If you eat more than one Oreo, then you can't watch the 2007 version of Hairspray for a week. What? <laughs> you can tell these are engineered for specific people. Oh yeah, you can tell. People are just like calling out their like enemies right now. <laughs> Every time you wear a solid colored V-neck t-shirt, any cat within 50 feet of you falls over. <laughs> oh my god, this is powerful. These are good. I would love I've just now I've been Oh! Woof! Okay, sorry, there's one in the comments here that says, each time you turn in an assignment late, apples gain slightly more of a blueberry taste. This is not reversible. <laughs> oh, I hate that. No, nope, yeah. I quit. <laughs> it's worse, the worst. I hate that. Wow. <laughs> because it, oh man, I can't imagine it, it, the first time, that first time where it becomes blueberry enough for you to realize what's going on. That, that it's first, like tacos, key lime, gogurt. Oh, no. <laughs> the, 
the worst. Everything I drink tastes like key lime yogurt, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing ever. Oh my god. Oddly specific curses. Sometimes more powerful than actual curses. Oh, this one. If you pull... Okay, if you pulled this one, I dare any of you to pull this one on your players. You can never speak the same number of syllables per phrase twice in a row. Oh my god, that's impossible. That'd be impossible for me to keep track of. That would Ooh. be so fucking annoying. Lance, yeah, do my... it to botches. Do it to botches, I dare you. Uh... Okay, me and Botches share one brain cell. I don't think we could, like, I don't think he could do it, and I don't think I could keep up with it. So. Botches has a a hard enough time surviving already. Please don't make it. That's. Oh, God. Wait until you guys hear the last episode we uh, recorded. It's a a two part. I feel like you you say this every time we record, and every time we record, you're right. Uh, Let's just say that we made the first death save rolls of the game. Oh no! That does explain why the episode is called "We Hate This Planet." Oh no, no, this is the this is later on. This is that was actually just because they they don't know how to handle animals or trees. They don't know how to. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, the I think it's episode forty-two and forty-three are a two-part episode, and yeah, we made our first death saves of the game. Yikes. I was just going to make a joke about how many times we've had to fix Botches' leg. Here we are. Oh, yeah. Nora being proficient in fixing her boyfriend is my favorite thing. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Man. Man, okay. An oddly specific curse for Botches would be your leg rusts faster than the rest of- faster than regular metal. Ooh! Mm. He said not harmful! It's true. <laughs> God, all right. Uh, oddly specific curses for your for your characters. Um, shit. This is just why you have hags. Just use more hags. Do more of this. This this is why. <laughs> because hag curses. The the books say that even like wizards don't understand how hags do what they do. So if you need, if you're listening to this right now, and hey. I want to pull some shit on my players, but I don't know the means of conveyance. Just just throw in a hag. Just a hag. Random hag. That's all you need. All you need. Would Last recommend. Thing. It's great fun. It is very fun. I stuck I... three in our home game. And boy. Oh. Did you... Were they a coven? That's so much worse. Yeah, they were a coven, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Lovely. The coven spells when they're together is so oh it's so bullshit. I love it so much. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Just if you if you are like, hey, here's the thing, because of the coven spells and because of the RP potential, hags are a threat at any level. Don't let their CR fool you. <laughs> because if you're mm. playing a hag right, you are not you may never come to initiative with them. I say <laughs> I say having had my party kill them because it was an early thing and I realized, hmm, maybe I bit off more than I could chew with this first arc. <laughs> um, but yes, if you're playing a hag to be a long-running thing, you may never even need to roll initiative to make them a threat. <laughs> I fucking love that. You can mess with players so much using hags. 
just ah, oh, it's great. It's great. They're so fun. They're like the closest to. <clears throat> They're like the closest thing to having something written in the monster manual saying, like, a note to DMs, go wild. Yeah. Have fun. This All right, hang on. Minute. Slow down, guys. I'm writing notes. <laughs> <laughs> You're just, God, Orion's Echo, while being super scientifically, like, based? Oh, this wasn't for OE. This is, this is for Death and All His Friends. Oh, good, because I was going to say the image of a hag in space is fucking terrifying. God, Ooh. space oh, hags. I'm so going to do it. Challenge accepted. <laughs> oh, God, Lance. That, that does sound fun. I'm just imagining a gingerbread house on an asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So how would it how would it even survive? The asteroid hoppers would get it long before the players would get to it. How are you, you're assuming that that's not exactly what the hag's planning on? Rats do, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they are her pets. You said that with such gusto, it makes me wonder if you've actually had rat stew before. I've never had it, but I've heard like every single time I've dealt. Maybe it's because I've played in a lot of games with Hallie, because every time Hallie has introduced the hag, or I guess the two times that we've done the charity stream, there's been a hag. And each time, something involves rat stew, and I fucking, I don't get it, but I'm just, I just assume it now. Full so yeah. That ties in uncomfortably well. <laughs> <laughs> a, Lovely. Jitter, my god, I'm just realizing the first act of Jitter proving he is Jitter is consuming rat stew. So Jitter technically did have rat stew in the, oh, in, the, no. in the stream game because the hag was very nice. Like Jitter did insight to see that the hag was like just really lonely. And Jitter was like, I'll have your stew. And they were like, oh, thank you so much. I've never had to share a meal with someone in ages. And all the rest of the party are like, he's going to die. He's going to die. He's going to die. And he he didn't, but his stomach didn't like him for a while. <laughs> I bully Jitter, I'm realizing. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Next question before I feel bad for my bird son. <laughs> yep, this has been uh this has been an absolutely horrible D D idea that I must try out ASAP. We've gone from inconvenient curses to hags to rat stew, so that's that's are. about standard for this segment. Yep. Let's see. Another question. Um, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> Krova asks, what is the craziest NPC you've created as a joke that you've fallen in love with and now cannot live without? Oh, see, I wish, I wish we had, we had that question for Nick because I know his answer would be Coot. Right. The, <laughs> the total chef who is just completely senile. Love him. <laughs> Personally, so far, I've got to say Dr. Um, Theodore Redical. Mm -hmm. Dr. Theo Redical. Oh my god. <laughs> he's yeah. he's the head of the physics department. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Theo Redical. I fucking hate that. Thanks. Well, what can I say? Except... God, Lance! <laughs> What do you expect him to do about it? 
Let's answer the question so we can stop having silence. I'm begging you. I'm begging. <laughs> uh, I'm going to let Ren go first. I want to hear what she has to say. Ren, do you have an NPC that was a, more of a joke that just you fell in love with, can't live without now? Well, not exactly. Um, I haven't made a ton of joke NPCs. You know, I've kind of done, I've done ones with like funny voices, but they usually haven't stuck around for very long. So the the closest thing I can I can think of with this, um, uh, uh, last year, I came up with the idea for uh, a D and D character that was a a, a tiefling furbolg that looks like a Highland cow. <gasps> oh my oh, god! god. I, yes. drew, I drew this character, and it's on my Twitter. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll send you lot a photo later. But yes. um, uh, so th- th- this character, I, I, a few months later, a friend invited me to come play as like a, a guest player in their Curse of Strahd campaign for a, for a few games, and I decided to to play this Tiefling Furbolg. I, you know, I, I gave them, I gave them a, um, a Scottish accent, and then later I found out that the DM had actually lived in Scotland for a few years, and so my bad accent was kind of embarrassing. But um, <laughs> this, uh, uh, what, when's this episode coming out? Real quick question. Um, fuck if we know. Yeah, okay. it, it can be whenever you want. Like I've done. Cool. Like, I've done 3DM's editing in an, in tw- in like a, a day for Hallie's because of a time crunch. I've done it. I've waited weeks. Whenever you are comfortable with it is when it will be up. <clears throat> well, uh, all right, it doesn't matter too much. But I was gonna say, um, this 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 Tiefling Furbolg is now an NPC in Here There Be. They haven't shown up yet, but they will very soon. So <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. I am, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I love this character. I love this Cross. character. They Cross sound season. very, very, very fun. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, Lance, do you want to go? So I have two that are so. Okay, there's one that's like it, they haven't stuck around, but they became very. Uh, inside jokey with the group and That's that would fair. be that would be frank uh yeah! and, his, and his brother yeah! beans frank and beans uh god how could i forget about frank and beans <laughs> yeah frank was born the frank was born first and then beans mr b uh the potion shopkeeper who has the horrible voice was born second and his parents just have a horrible sense of humor uh that was the npc <laughs> that was kind of a big hit even if it was just for one episode there's still jokes about frankenbeans and then sito is probably the second one i've said this before sito wasn't supposed to be a big character in 20 sided adventures um he was just mainly supposed to stand in the corner and if you had a question you could ask him but that didn't work out so mm, no if you now if you make a character who is baby you better be expecting your players to instantly adopt them this is yeah true. there's yeah so now there's a you know if anything uh, happens to Sito, we riot fan yeah. base going on so 
I mean, I'm part of that fan base, so like, yeah, <laughs> it's true. What did you expect to happen, really? So what you're saying is you tried to write a video game NPC and you ended up with Cito. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Good. Oh, man. That feel when your players adopt the tutorial character. God. <laughs> this Undertale? I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, I'm not even gonna finish that statement because we've already had enough sands in our lives. Um, For me, there's two. Uh, and it's mostly by choice. I mostly just like, I make BS NPCs because I'm like, they're not gonna matter. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, they matter. Quite a lot, it seems. Yeah, so like, case in point is Mephis. I made Sonic Elf! Sonic Elf, yes. She was Tim Schill's mail courier, and I was like, hmm, I could make them, like, have a little cart, I could do all this, and I was like, nah, they run. That's funny. I was like, yeah. I was like, they run fast, too. Oh god, I've just made and then I leaned into it and I made a female half elf blue hair and red shoes and each time she appeared on screen I described her her attire and hinted more and more at her true origin and I think in episode 7 someone I think it was Lee Lee just fucking starts shouting at me about making Sonic I'm sorry <laughs> I had you, did, I, you chose to yes and then I made a young little dragonborn named Benedict, because I don't know. The Hobbit's a good movie. <laughs> um, oh, you son of a dick! I just got that. Really? Yes. <laughs> uh, let's. See. Um. So yeah, Benedict and and Mephis are like my two. <laughs> so the Tim Schull just had a lot of joke NP. Honestly, though, is there any other way to do it? Yeah. All right. Shall we move on? Yeah. I don't even know. Uh, let's see. I I should probably do more the Hear There Be server. <laughs> um, yeah, I do not think we are going to be able to answer all of these questions. I do not. Think There's so a either. lot of them. <laughs> so much like in the way that we started with with doing back and forth, and in the end, just kind of plowed through Luke's servers questions, so we can, you know get all those yep. done let's do that um let's see were you a player or a dm first dm player yeah player player oh a bad player first dm no Aww. <laughs> uh, let's see what's what's your favorite part of running a session like the best would you say the start's the most exhilarating, the end? Like, what, what part makes you satisfied, I guess? I'd say it's always uh, role-play moments. Yeah. Whenever there's, whenever there's a really, like, significant role-play moment between, between uh, players or between a player and an NPC, like, in, with, with the people I play with, like Jack and Eva from Here There Be, but other people I've played with as well, they're all so good at like role play and, and all this character stuff. It's like, ah, oh, was this scripted? It feels like it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. What I really love is like when 
that they have a role play moment and they they find a way to they they like um they tie it in with the narrative or 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 it uh uh what's the word but yeah i i get what you're saying yeah the um when they basically just good character moments is where it's at i agree mm. although i would say like usually the finale has some pretty goddamn good character moments mm. oh uh cliffhangers oh yes i I love ending on cliffhangers, and I cut out the screams of my players at the very end, but I really should start leaving them in when I say, that's where we're going to end it today, and they all go, no! <laughs> Do it. I, I keep them in because it's always entertaining. <clears throat> the best example was uh, like three or four episodes before the very end. I call session, and uh, <clears throat> our, one of our now permanent cast members, Heather, just fucking, who at the time was just a guest star, just fucking gets up to the mic and shouts, Bitch, what the fuck? And then that cut <laughs> off right there. I remember this. That was so good. I didn't let it finish. I cut off at the fuck. And I was just like, this is comedy gold. <laughs> Bitch, I, what the fuck? <laughs> that, is, that is good. I then cut into music. And I remember when that episode came out, she messaged me and just was like, B, fuck you so much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to say that those, uh, those moments where the players can really get in, like, into the emotions of their characters, like when backstories start to open up or something happens to an NPC that they love, aka Sito, and not only are the characters <laughs> crying, but your players are crying too. Like, those are moments where you just, like, that theater of the mind just really hits, and you're like, yes. Yes. DC is amazing. Next. Yes. <clears throat> I should go into the next question. Uh, let's see. What do you expect from your players? Total chaos. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, I mean, I it wouldn't be unfair to say I expect some good storytelling, but I also just I know to expect the unexpected, pretty much. Yeah, oh, yeah, always always expect the unexpected. There's no other way to play. Yep, mm. it's just how it be. Uh, I have a, I guess I have a sort of a set of expectations for players. You know, like take it seriously to a degree. Have fun, good table etiquette, don't hog the limelight, stuff like that. But um Yeah, you know, as long no as long as no one's a dick, it's cool. Right? That's yeah, that's the pretty, that the golden rule is is um uh don't, don't be a dick. That's yeah, like the I leading have... rule in, in every yeah. anything you do is don't be a dick. Mm, I that expect extends... my players to not be a dick. Yeah, that that extends the golden rule of don't be a dick. Didn't think I'd have to spell that one out for you guys, but that extends to fantasy world as well as the real world. Yes. Like if you mm. if you have players who are treating your fantasy world as uh escapism for to do like their secret violent fantasies or whatever, they're not a good person. Yeah. No, if it's if it's not safe for life, it's not safe for D&D. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, murder murder hobo campaigns not my jam. Nah. Mm-mm. Yeah, if if you are a murder hobo because you can't be a murder hobo in real life, you need to like examine yourself. <laughs> Check yourself before you shrek yourself, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Because one day, one day the opportunity to do something stupid will arise. And you're going to think, oh, it happened to D&D and it was fine. And then you'll be on the papers. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, yeah. Yup. Yep. This is Great Things called Therapists and Rec Rooms. Go check them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are these great things called therapists. Full stop. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, this is a call-out post question. Oh, man. I don't want to answer this. How All many right, I'm... who's calling you out? Uh, this is all still from the Here There Be, and they ask, how many hours a week do you put into D&D? God knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't... Um, yes, that question. <laughs> not enough, honestly. I'm, I might be the only one here whose answer is not enough. I really don't do a whole lot of D&D stuff on the regular. Mainly because I I don't have a group to play with, and my campaign is is uh, coming but slow and steady, not not rabbit. Yeah. So I am. And I've got a lot of other shit to to do. Yeah, I'm slowly <clears throat> becoming more and more entranced with D and D throughout the week. I think I have three, four games now that I'm going to be doing, plus sometimes three DMs. Plus editing, plus so I live D and D. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, don't ask. <laughs> That's the answer. Don't <laughs> ask. Um, let's see. How have you helped players out before or during a campaign? In what sense is the question? Because like. That that's a that's a pretty vague question because like in the narrative sense or just in this the the general sense because like obviously my players are my friends so I'm gonna help them out anytime. Right. I th- I think they mean more like in terms of like maybe creating the character maybe like the the mm. mechanics behind mm. it maybe. Okay. Like, do you, do yeah. You help them character? Do you let them go off and go wild and then just report back what they found or do you like step by step them with making character slash that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I guess it depends on the, the level of experience of the player, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, also, my, also, like, my friend... Um, yeah, that too. Because, like, my friend Jason, who is one of my players, is pretty experienced, and he was able to set up his character sheet on his own, but my friend Lexi has never played before. So I spent, like, a good hour and a half just walking her through the character creation, and that's where 8-foot vertical leap comes from unfortunately um but yeah the point being it it depends on the level in in the the gaming sense it depends on the level of experience of the the player yeah any other thoughts or next question pretty much the same uh yeah help i i help players out with character sheets or leveling up when they need it but but some of the, but some of my players that you know they can go off and do it on their own, you know. Yep. Yeah. Let's see. Uh... See, I thought I, I I thought it was in the um the 
more personal sense and i was about to say well i mean there was that time when i ran medicine over to my friend's house at fucking 10 30 at night that across campus happened. half that a mile happened. i felt in the rain i felt like fucking balto <laughs> <laughs> except in florida not alaska <laughs> see uh let's see they have three more questions yes proudest moment as a dungeon master Tough question. That is I don't have a whole lot of experience, so I'll defer to you guys. I think I think it would kind of be I think I kind of answered this in an earlier one. Like my favorite moment of session of, of sessions roleplay. I think that's probably when I'm proudest of 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 my players. Can um, you pick like a single can you pick like a single moment out of those um, moments? Oh, yeah, there's a lot. Um, oh, it's okay if no. Just oh, actually, actually, you know what? You know what? You know my, you you know what my players did recently that made oh. me quite proud. Oh, um, oh. the other week, they um they spent five hours in character, like uh, talking about. A, Basically, trying to figure out the big mystery of the campaign, and we didn't. We did not have a game that day. I was not involved in this. They, independently of me, got together and talked for five hours in character, and and basically shared all the information that their characters know, and then talked through everything, trying to unravel the mystery. And I was just like, "Wow, that's dedication there." <laughs> that <laughs> is amazing. That's that is sessions, so fucking cool. Our sessions never last that long. Our sessions usually go for about three hours, but they spent five. Trying to wow. work things like um, our our private home game is uh, the plot is quite convoluted. It's been we've been playing for over three years now the same campaign, and so Whoa. they know a lot of things. And they like they've um, they've uncovered all these like these uh, these mysterious logs which were encoded, and then they decoded them, and then it still didn't make sense. And they've just been like putting together all the things they know and trying to work out what's going on. That is so fucking cool. That is awesome. My characters did that too, and I think that was why my proudest moments is it wasn't to that extent, but we left off on kind of a cliffhanger where they were going to be they were in a room and there was a bunch of guards coming up that were wanted they they were wanted by, and we stopped and we hadn't we weren't able to record the next episode for like two weeks after that, but the three of them got together and made a plan. And it actually worked. Like, when we got, like, I had no idea what was going on, but they had this plan all set up. They got, like, together out of call and just made this this plan to get through. And it was ingenious. And it wasn't something I'd ever think of. And I was like, uh, oh, um, okay. Uh, well, that worked. I'm shocked <laughs> and secretly very proud of you guys. Noise. Let's see. Um, next question. Yeah. Oh wait, I don't think I answered. You did not. No, you did not. Yeah, my answer to being proud of my players in a moment I was proud of them. Fucking. Can I just say like the last four episodes? Period. Exclamation mark. Because I think I think the last four episodes. Period. Exclamation mark. Might be my answer. Where do I begin? Um, 
they took the plot thread of it so seriously and like they were super invested and maybe because the episode prior had monsters that were feeding off apathy so that might have like spurred them on a little bit um <laughs> but that totally wasn't me just like trying to try to force a little trying to give them a little hint um but that but like they got into it the role play was great the I still, I still just listen back to the scene with Andre and Finley, uh, just like interrogating a drunken Valdis, because holy fuck, that was intense. Um, the scenes in the river were amazing. The intersection of both of those things, God, that finale! Oh my God, I, I haven't. God, everything, everything about those last four episodes, just I can't. The epilogue, Finley and Andre's fucking relationship developing, Rowan's family coming back. God Almighty, everything, everything. Everyone played it so straight. Everyone got so into it. Yes, I fucking love those last four episodes. They're like those last four recordings made everything in the year prior of recording and all the tech issues and everything those last four hours made everything worth it in my opinion and i still love listening back to them and i can rant for hours about how amazing those last four hours were but i can't and i shouldn't so i'm gonna stop there yeah but we don't have hours we have about two of those left according to my computer battery right so so just ending it there with loved it all i love my players fucking christ I don't know what to do. I still, I still constantly get ideas for campaign one future games just off of like one-off things they say in those in those four episodes. I'm just like that needs to pay off. Oh god, they said that and that was really key. Okay, that's happening. Just, just thank you, thank you to my players if you're listening. And I know Rev is listening, so ha, I have trapped you. Anyway, next question. Um, I have trapped you, love. Anyway, uh. Let's see. What is the significant part slash situation up to date? Uh, this is hard to phrase. Up to date for you as a DM. This can be a discovery, something you learned, anything. Oh, so I guess there's like a significant new development that you have. I, I asked, because um, Eva, Eva asked this, and yes. I, asked, I asked her for clarification on what she meant. And she said that it could be like something that made you realize that you love being a DM or something that changed your perspective on DMing. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I talked a lot right now, so someone else please talk. Uh, I think for me, it's when my players come to me after a campaign or after an episode and they say how much fun they had. Like, for me, that's what this whole thing is about, is just making it fun for my players and so when they come to me and they're like that was so much fun can we do another episode today it's like it's that that satisfaction and it really makes you want to work harder just to you know give them more fun things and that's that kind of is the realization of like like that those moments are like yeah this is why i do this this is why i dm that is fair I think it's the same here, really, when players come to me after a session and tell me, like, how much the story affected them or, or something. It, yeah. Yeah. I like those moments when they tell me that I did good. <laughs> <laughs> I like being praised. DM did good. 
Oh, I yeah. do like being praised. I do. Same. Can I can I just say like to all people listening? Um to all all in attendance. All players of the world, here's your PSA. The thing that'll make your DM more excited to to play to play with you, to run stuff with you, to work with you, more than any amount of character work you could ever put in. Two little words. Thank you. If you say thank you more often, your DM is going to be on fire and they are going to do everything they can for you. Oh, yeah. So, like, more than an interesting backstory, more than cool character moments, the words thank you are, like, amazing. I, I It is know the because... fuel that feeds us DMs. It is true. Just, like, say thank you to your DM after a session and watch their face. Y- you'll know. <laughs> uh, we shouldn't move on without Spy, so I'll let him answer. But in the dead space, we can just continue ranting about this because, God, it- it's so true. <sighs> saying thank you, just in general, saying thank you more often is probably important. Hmm. Because, I mean, think about all the work, even even a DM. I think we DMs should say thank you to the players as well. Oh, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But, like, everyone puts in a lot of commitment, a lot of time and energy into what we're doing, into our worlds and stories. I mean, and I mean, a lot of the time, we're not doing this with, like, any sort of schemes for power or glory in mind. We're just doing this because we love our friends and we see this as a way of creating something worth it for them you know what i mean Mm, mm. in a way in a way the world the dm builds is a big thank you to the players and i think i think being thanked for that is just so nice because it's like it's like if you say thank you for something and someone says no thank you and then that kind of smile you get i think that's like exactly what that is just done in a very different way yeah yeah it's nice feeling appreciated it is. <laughs> it's also really fun to see their reactions when you you reveal something in your worlds. It's like oh yeah, watching a movie with somebody and you're just like they're like no, and you've seen the movie a thousand times, but you're just sitting there watching them like yes, this is the reaction I wanted from you. And it's like watching it for the first time, honestly, because like that. That cheap, gr- that smirk you get, and they're like, ah, "I knew this would get them." It's like it's it's just as satisfying as watching it yourself that first time. Honestly, mm. there are some movies that are better. They are better to show your friends than than even to watch yourself. Man, so Spy stole that back. So we kind of got a. And he said not to start a new question without them. So we are gonna oh. stall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! Pick yes. me. Okay, Lance. pick me. Yeah. Is it time? Can I do the thing? Oh my god, this is the perfect stalling tactic. You're right. <laughs> it's time for Lance's pun puns. Yay, Lance's pun pub. Uh, oh god, I always get those two mixed up. <laughs> I I don't know what order it is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I'm I'm. You're lucky we're doing this early, because usually at this point I'm just too drunk to even care, and I just pick the worst joke I could find. But, uh, so today I have a fun one.
Hello. Let me let me get it up really quick. Okay. Do you, Ren? I know when we mentioned horrible jokes, I I know you reacted to that. Do you have Do you have a terrible a terrible dad joke? You know. Oh, uh, not off the top of my head. That's um, ooh, uh, give me a few minutes, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I like the idea of letting guests make a bad joke if they got one now. I like that idea. Sorry, Lance, I didn't mean to, to take an idea from you. No, that's totally fine. If, if the, yeah, no, guest stars want to join me in bad dad jokes, that's totally fine. Bad so, jokes. I'm, I'm torn between making a character with, uh, High armor and sword uh, and shield, or a mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. character with with a uh, dex and dodge. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm on defense. <laughs> Where's a chair so I can flip it? Fuck! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I was wondering where that was going. Holy shit! Oh my god! <laughs> Fucking! I I also no. have one that ah. was uh that was sent to me, and uh, it's why why can't werewolves tell time? Why can't werewolves? Because then they would be windwolves. But why wolf? <laughs> I'm just gonna throw a blanket over myself and crawl into a hole and die. Thank <laughs> And that's been Lance's pun pub. <laughs> <sighs> sorry, not sorry. You're not sorry at all. Only I'm Libby not. can be sorry. Yeah, I don't believe you're sorry. <laughs> so, Spy, going back to the question, unless Ren has a dad joke they will manage to pull in case... I'm just trying to keep... Not as good as any of Lance's. <laughs> That's fair. I take um... pride and pity in that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Spy, the question was, like, um, I, somehow we got to the thing that saying thank you to your DM is, like, more powerful than any good backstory ever will be in making your DM intrigued in your story. Like, just saying thanks to your DM for all the work they do, like, sets them ablaze way more than... than oh, what. yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's nice to be appreciated. As someone who feels underappreciated very often, it is nice to be appreciated. Yeah. Thank yous are powerful. Um, there's one last question from the Hear There Be server. I had to kick a player from my game. We were playing a module, and I changed from a very I changed a very small thing about a puzzle so the party would have a more fun and greater success. He called me out, said that it was not what it was written in the book. I asked how they would know it was not supposed to be in the book. Turns out they bought the book to find out the secrets, character motives, puzzles, and the like. Took away all the fun for me and the other players, so I talked it over with the players and we kicked them from the group. Their behavior wasn't great either, but that was the last straw. What they took from that was, was uh, you know, it, that sometimes you got to make the hard calls and things like that. But I just, I think that that story is, 
I think I think they I think that may have been tied into the last question on accident, and I didn't read the full question, but here we are. That story, I guess. Had what would you have done? Would you have done what they did in a similar situation? How does that does that evoke a similar feeling? You know. Honestly, okay. Here's the thing. I mean, you and I be. I mean, we can tell. Like we can tell our players what's what's going to happen. Like the players know the plot. Um, oh yeah. That, that for us at least for our players doesn't ruin the the fun because there's still that element of surprise and there's the element of we all want to make a good story. Right. Uh, talking to your player if that's that's your goal and that should be your goal for for most DMs uh but if that's your goal you should talk to your players about you know what's going yeah. on. But I think what, it is different with a module. I think it is different yeah. with like a written book thing though. Like we when we we do a lot of homebrew. So a lot of our stuff is like I really love this character I created. Let me tell you about them. Whereas this is like legitimately going like, okay, here's their whole story in my hands. Time to read through all of it so I can make the best choices possible. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think, it's, I think it's I think it's different with a written module. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially with the reasons given for why they got the book to basically just just cheat their way through the yeah, no, that's not and it's also that they they got they got angry when something from the book was changed, right? Like, it, it it kind of feels because to that, me that they got annoyed because now you know they can't, they can't make cheat. the best decision. Yeah, yeah. Now they can't cheat. Yeah, if, but you like, know, the whole point of this game is to think under pressure and come out with these situations. And you know, if you want to buy the book and you want to cheat that's fine like i mean fine go ahead do it but don't be angry when the dm who is running this game for you changes even just like a tiny bit of the puzzle it's their world it's the you know they're doing it and if you have a problem talk to the dm if the dm has a problem or like the players have a problem they need to know that they can come to the dm and talk and you know it's a it's a two-way road like yeah 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 Especially because in the question it was said that it was changed to make it like to make a certain puzzle more fun. You know what I mean? Mm. And yeah, like, exactly. And I guess fun is subjective, but also like I don't know. Like I can imagine this situation where the DM is like reads this part of the thing and goes, Ah, oh, man, that's cool, but like I can I want to do something special for my players. I want to make it nicer and cooler for my players because I, I love my players. And we talked about how building the world is one big letter of love to the people you're playing with. You know what I mean? So like playing a module is similar, but adding those little tweaks is really like you putting your name on this, on this gift, you know, you putting your signature on this thank you card for your players. And so for a player to basically, you know, spit on that immediately is just really shitty and i can i honestly kind of feel where they're coming from you know what i mean mm. mm -hmm. like if you view it from that perspective of homebrew being like a thank you to the players like we talked about earlier then yeah someone's saying like this is different from the book this sucks like all that work they put into it is immediately like disregarded D, &D is all about adapting to the world around you and you know that's if you can't adapt, then you're going to, you're not going to have fun, and nobody else around so you won't is survive have fun. the winter. <laughs> winter is coming. 
improvise, adapt, overcome. Yes, and. <laughs> exactly. Man. Okay. Well, that was all the questions. Um, wait, was that? No, there was one more, but it wasn't. I don't think I pinned it. Hold on. I know there's one more. I'm, I'm certain of it. I know I'm not crazy. Yeah. Okay, sweet. There's one more. How has your DM style developed over the years? Ooh, that's a good one. Can I just say, uh, man, I know pronunciation is tough because the W is that a V? I'm sorry. Oh, Eva. Yeah. Eva's been knocking it out of the fucking park with these questions. Yeah. Okay, so, um, yes, how has your DM style adapted over the years? And mm. since Ren has been a DM since the beginning, you, they they definitely <laughs> Ren, yeah, they definitely have the evolution. I think all of ours is basically just going to be like we stopped caring as much. <laughs> <laughs> like we put um, less effort into planning. Hmm. I don't think I. I know. I know of a lot of DMs who've said that over the years they've like started planning less and you know started you know improvising a lot more. I I have not done that. That's fair. I don't. I don't. I don't improvise. I don't. I don't. I don't like doing that. I like having things planned out, and sometimes I can plan quite meticulously. But in terms of my DM style, I think over the years the most significant change is that it's gotten more cinematic. It's a good it's evolution not... to have. Hmm. Um. So use, using here there be as an example. It's uh, uh, quite a few people have made um, have compared it to an audio drama um, because it is very cinematic. I guess there's a, we. I try to I try to avoid rolling where possible. There's been very little combat. Like uh, I, I always try to keep the the plot moving forwards at a steady pace and. Yeah, so there's way more like dialogue than anything else. And yeah, that is definitely something I try to that is definitely something I try to um what's the word? <laughs> achieve. Is that the yeah, achieve? Yeah, 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 that's kind of where I'm going with this. It's strive for. Yeah. Yeah. There are I... whole there are whole parts where I will you know, I'll try to narrate something, and I'll I'll really try to paint a paint a picture with my words, and so, so they so the players can really see what I'm describing. I get that, and a lot. and sometimes I, I will try to do it in a very uh, story like way. Like I'll describe it as though they are watching a film in the cinema. You know, but <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's one of the more distinctive things about my DM style. Yeah, that makes sense. I I agree with you on that. Like that's kind of how my my DM style is too. It's very theater of the mind, very story story based and less combat based. I actually had to start adding combat in because my players were like, "We want to punch stuff." I'm like, "Ah, okay." Uh, <laughs> but A valid one. like, there was an episode we just recently recorded where there. They're traveling through this big forest and they come across this abandoned village. And I think I spent almost three quarters of the episode just describing the world around them. 
That's so fun. I like I apologized because I was like, oh my god, you know, I realized you guys really didn't get to do anything this episode. Like it was <laughs> just me talking. And they're like, no, it was fantastic. So it's like I know for me my DM style has changed dramatically from when uh I first started because when I first started, I was I was still story based, but I was like, oh, I have to add an encounter here, and I have to do this. Now I'm, I love explaining things to my characters and ex- like trying to paint this picture in their mind. But at the same time, I've also kind of stepped back. Like I'll explain everything around them and the situation and the scenario and paint the scene in front of them and then I just kind of step back and let them go like without and me interrupting them unless they need to roll for something I let them take over the story and that's something that has dramatically changed since when I first started yeah that's fair uh spy you got anything Listen, like I said, I've only run a couple of one shots. I've never run a like a long form campaign, so I don't really have a lot of development in my DMing style. So that's fair. Uh, check back in another year or so, and maybe I'll actually have run at least part of a campaign by then. <laughs> that's a good point. All right, I think for myself, um, I think I hope I've gotten better at letting people talk because I know I'm a very kind of type A energetic person you know mm-hmm. so i know as i can i can babble and i will babble if you allow me to babble so i think i've gotten better at learning okay time to stop babbling time to let time to let other people have fun be um <laughs> and uh but the other thing i think i've hopefully gotten better at is like i feel like my style i know you guys have been saying cinematic and i think I'm weirdly, like, similar but different. Like, I don't see my campaign as a movie. I see it as a show, like a cartoon, almost. So, like, I think of sessions as episodes, if you will, like, in a show. As they are. And I think of arcs as a season. And I think of, like... So when I sit down to come up with an episode, the first thing I come up with, what is my... Like, what my summation of this episode if everything went according to plan obviously it's not going but if it were what would the little text blurb under the episode be you know what i mean and then Mm -hmm. there and then from there i go and sometimes like that helps a lot with shots i feel because that like helps me have a concise start and end point you know and i think i think that's why arc one and four challenged me a lot because those had a very serialized story and so I had to think about pacing, but I think I developed, especially between, especially between the campaign, there's a, I hope, a noticeable difference in, like, pacing. So, yeah, I think that's my solution. And with that, I think that's all the questions we will get to today. Yeah, I- um... I'm overheating, and so is my computer, because I'm in a closet, so we might want to wrap this up. I have a Cursed Homebrew, but it's a small article, so I will get it through in a minute tops. Really, the the most cursed thing is the name, and also, like, the... the, Actually, it's it's fairly cursed. This does not have the April Fool's Day tag. I made sure. Um, Oh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, the Deadlight Kid...
The what? Dead light kin. One word. I don't like where this is going. <clears throat> I hmm. will. I will. Dead light kin are noticeably able to change. Are notably able to change into any form they wish as long as it's vaguely humanoid. They prefer to stick to one form without fighting or hunting. Often one that fits their personality. Deadlightkin can never agree on what plane they came from, but they all agree. Aeons ago, on a plane beyond mortal comprehension, titanic beings of unfathomable size swam through the void. One such being was known as the Greatest Deadlight, a being of death, terror, and destruction, resembling something like a spider. This is just if you want to play a Cthulhu, like an elch horrorkin, basically. Ah, lovely. (laughs) Deadlightkin do not have any formal racial naming system. They steal- Oh my god, what? The first- Oh, I get it now. This is just making Pennywise. It took me a minute. Motherfucker! <laughs> it took oh, me a minute. Oh, God. It took me a minute. <clears throat> hate that. Thanks. I, I do hate that a lot. It took me a minute. But it took until I saw the names and I read the first one that it, I, I gathered what this was. Hmm, don't like that. Yeah, so you want to make your player character fucking Pennywise? No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Some God. people, some people will. Some, some people, people just, will. some people are just like that. I, I, I don't like it, Sam. I am. As for the actual stats, <clears throat> charisma two. I do not like Stephen King and Ham. <laughs> they have true sight. You do not need to eat or sleep, but once every three days, you must cause a creature with at least four intelligence to become frightened and subsequently kill and eat them. I hate that. Oh. Proficiency in performance and intimidation. You count as an aberration, common in one other language of your choice, and you emit an aura of fear. You know, something that paladins need to get levels in their class to get, you get for free, because you're special. Oh, this is broken and I hate it. So, Deadlight Kin, why? Also, just having the word kin at the end of something makes me automatically go, oh, oh, this is going to be fun. I hope there's no Wunsler kin on the D&D homebrew wiki. Don't, don't even don't test say me. it. Don't say it. You've put it into existence now. Someone's going to write it just because you said it. <laughs> you know yeah. what? Fucking... Hold yeah. on. Oh my god, don't even. No. Oh my god, it's looking. I hear the keys. No. Oh. Don't do it. Just don't do don't. it. <laughs> just for people who, for people who don't know uh my one of my players my dear friend rev is in the chat with us tonight today and they just fucking typed out in all caps italicized one slur kin with a horde of question and exclamation marks and i feel that in the depths of my soul i feel that <laughs> you'll be relieved to know that it doesn't exist yet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one day one day I'm going to look at the homebrew wiki. It'll be there, and I'm going to fucking cry. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, the way 2020 is going, that's the next thing to happen, so. <laughs> People are going batshit insane. Be... Yeah, that's going to be June's disaster, isn't it? <laughs> My friend uh... played Go Fish with tarot cards. There are no laws anymore. <laughs> the disaster is going to be Dean is going to be that Wizards of the Coast puts out one slur kid. That's, that's the disaster scenario. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Glad I made you think of that awful thought. Anyway, um, hey, you know what? I'm proud of us. We didn't do a video game character this time. 
we did a movie character and book character unintentionally. I thought I found something original. I am sad. <laughs> it was just as disturbing as usual, so good job on that it, part. Yeah. Just, hey, future homebrew writers, just a bit of a note as someone who is currently writing homebrew for all the stuff in campaign one. Just, just a bit of a note. Um, eating things, eating other living things should not be a skill that should be penalized, usually, I think, that are like sentient, like people. Just don't eat people. Don't make eating people a skill, please. I'm begging you. All right, we can move on now. <laughs> PSA over. Don't make eating people a thing. <laughs> Don't make it part of the rules text. I don't like that very much. <laughs> Please tell me this I nightmare would... is over. Yeah, I think this is it. Yeah, that's a good PSA to, to leave off on. Don't eat people. Don't make eating people No boring in the server. <laughs> uh... So, with that said, one last time before we go, Ren, where... Okay, you can find. I hit my mic. <laughs> okay. You can find me on Twitter at Alkahest Triner. Good luck spelling these, by the way. You can also find me on Instagram at Ren Halen. Halen is not spelt how you think it will be. Um, yeah, I am a DM. I am a. I am an artist. I am a uh, musician, a composer. I do a bunch of things. You are. Yeah, you have very time for all of that. Oh, um. I don't know. <laughs> I don't Do you know. Sleep. Fair and same. <laughs> I, I'm like thoroughly convinced that Ren has just like stolen the power from like a bunch of I, other people and now holds I just it need all. to know who your warlock patron is, Ren, so I can get in contact <laughs> with them. Yeah, please. I'm afraid I, I am I am contractually um obligated to not tell anyone. Sue, sorry oh, about that. Damn. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> yeah, when people usually find out how um everything I do for Here There Be, they're usually uh either surprised or disgusted. Like I'm the DM, I edit, I write and I write all the music, I perform all the music. Ooh, that's a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> You are a fucking inspiration. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> I thought editing, writing, and DMing was a lot. I've been proven thoroughly wrong. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, where can people listen to Here There Be? Because you need to listen to it because the first arc just ended and it's fucking good. <clears throat> it so is good. Amazing. It's so good. Ah, I'm so excited for Act 2. It's gonna be amazing. I can I just say at the very beginning when there was a big mystery about what like races I mean classes the characters were. Oh yeah, that was that was so fun. That's we answer, we we um we answer that question in our Q and A, which is yeah. coming out soon. Yeah, and then and then you kind of hinted to it here tonight, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I, I, no, actually, I did not mention it at all this night. Um, the character classes I did mention were all about the private home game we do. Oh, Aha. Really? so I was. Damn it! I thought I had nailed it. Damn. Okay. <laughs> so what you're saying is Meredith could still be a grave cleric. <laughs> Quite possibly. I'm still holding on to hope. <laughs> anyway, can I ask? 
Can I ask real quick, what do you think Jasper is? I am torn. I think he is an invention wizard because I have seen quite a bit of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know Nathan is an invention wizard and I know Jitter is an invention wizard. Maybe I'm just hoping, maybe not even, sh- maybe I'm not even like thinking it. Maybe I have, I don't have evidence. Maybe it's just blind hope because I, like <laughs> I like invention wizards. <laughs> but, you know, here, here's, here's hoping. Anyway, um, that's, so yeah, you can listen to Here There Be, all the places you usually listen to podcasts. All of your podcatchers. I still, that's, is that the term? That's the term, podcatcher, yeah. yep. Huh. Although, Ren, I do think you should say, like, to me, one of the coolest parts of Here There Be is, like, how you release it. Like, oh. the, the radio station thing. I, oh, I, oh, right. It's so cool to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, so um, we, we release episodes online. But in addition to that, um, episodes also are aired on a uh, local youth-based radio station, which is pretty cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it's pretty goddamn sick. I love it. It's called Radio Platform. That's platform with two Fs. It's um, it's an online station. Um, they do they do a lot of cool stuff there. They do like um, free radio courses for young people, which is kind of how um we got involved in this in the first place. They do a lot of they do a lot of amazing stuff, and we're really lucky that they let us air the show. That's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for us. But before Thank you so much for being on here, Ren. Yes, yes. Thank you but for inviting we... me. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad you had fun. One more thing before we go, though. The next episode is episode 10. And I believe... I believe... <laughs> oh, snap! <laughs> I believe, hmm? Spy, I believe Spy would like to have a sentence or two about next episode. Oh boy, uh, still working on that, but uh, next episode that we do is going to be a tavern brawl, the first of its kind, where we invite back a bunch of guests that we have had um, previously on the show, and we run a one-shot for them. Specifically, I run a one-shot for them, and I am planning to do a an adaptation of the wild sheep chase one shot god i love that module so much so uh, with a twist so stay tuned for that twist and ren if you would like to join us um i'm not sure exactly when we're doing it but we if you'd like to join us we'll keep you in the loop on that that does sound quite fun actually <laughs> we we don't have anyone super confirmed because we still don't know times and such. But I can say a lot of our old guests are are like interested in thinking of coming back, and the chance to play with all of these amazing people in the same room on the same day is just going to be fucking wild. <laughs> oh yeah, who do, who do we have so far? Uh, tentatively interested, uh, Luke from Trials and Trebuchets, uh, Star from Lawful Stupid. Uh, Nick Yurisiva from Tales of the Voidfarer, um, Lance and myself, and I think I think that's it because I believe Hallie Hallie's busy because they're starting a new campaign, and I mean Janet is always busy. <laughs> oh yeah, poor Janet and Jimmy are swamped right now with all the new features, and they. Uh, by the way, uh, shout out again to World Anvil. They are putting up their own podcast now about world building. They've had. 
they've had some seriously cool guests like geologists and uh, YA fantasy authors. And I think the most recent one was they had a flintlock fantasy author talking about what that means and how to do it and all that. So uh, hell yeah. Um, yeah, I got to listen to that. Thank you. <clears throat> See you next episode, everybody. <laughs> Farewell and stay moist. Why? <laughs> We try not to let him say that, but it just happens. It, it never <laughs> fails. Would you rather me say stay greasy or stay crunchy? Because those no! are Libby's contributions. No. My answer will be no to all of those.